0: Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Wednesday, the 25th of August. And today we're gonna continue the conversation we started yesterday. I'm gonna answer a question from a listener about Marxism. Stick around, I think you're gonna be encouraged. Washington State was once admired for its public schools, its thriving economy, the safety of our cities and our raw natural beauty. People wanted to move here. Now they want to leave. The truth is the radical left has been chipping away at our great state for a long time. They spent literally the last 30 years dismantling brick by brick the very virtues and values that made Washington State a sought after place to live and work. The Democrats' assault on public safety through the demonization of police officers trying to do their job is threatening to our peace of mind and to the safety we have long enjoyed in the district. In fact, the disastrous policies of woke bureaucrats have emboldened criminals by allowing them to avoid conviction and incarceration. I've had enough. We can do better. The dream that Martin Luther King had for this country is quickly fading as once again, we're focusing more on skin color than on character. Have you had enough? Because the left is just getting started. Our constitutional walls have been breached. Even our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms is being threatened. I've had enough. This must not stand. It's time for a change in leadership. And the only way to combat the bold, hostile takeover of our American way of life is to elect bold leaders who love this country and are willing and ready to fight for her. I'm Heidi St. John, and I'm running for Congress because I know— that together we can turn the tide and restore America to the values that have made her the greatest nation on earth. If you've had enough of weak Republican leadership and dangerous Democrats, I invite you to join me in the fight for the soul of America. There's no time to lose, and I'm just getting started. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John. So I'm glad you guys have joined me here today. It's I'm continuing to just get a ton of questions uh, coming into Mailbox Monday and rightfully so about what's happening in our country right now. How's it even possible that we're having uh, these mask mandates now? We're watching some really crazy things happening in the news and I saw an article and some of you guys are maybe seeing this now. I saw an article come across my desk yesterday and I was like, there is absolutely no way that that's possible and I'm still tracking it down. But the fact of the matter is we are looking at... what can only be described as unprecedented behavior here in Washington State. There was a report on PJ Media, I will link back to it in the show notes today, stating that a Washington State high school Put an electronic tracker on one or more student-athletes for COVID contact tracing without the knowledge or approval, of course, of at least one parent. This has been according to a post that was originally published at the Post Millennial. PJ Media reached out to the superintendent of the Eatonville School District to get more information about the tracking program. This is bananas. The Postmillennial reported that a student athlete complained to her mother when a tracking device was put on her ankle during volleyball practice. When the mom came out to find out what was going on, she was told the tracking was on the up and up. The mom spoke to a school employee as well as a coach and and was informed that there was a meeting to discuss the ankle monitoring program for unvaccinated teens. The program was allegedly designed for contact tracing in the event of a positive COVID test of a student, Um, it's called the, the Trace Tag Tracker and it's made by a company named Triax and it was designed, they said, to keep students socially distanced and to sound an alarm when team members got too close. You guys, it is hard to fathom that this is happening in our country. Absolutely hard to fathom it. Uh, The tracker also, by the way, passively spies on students to determine with whom they interact in order to do follow-up contact tracing for COVID. Please tell me again that this is about my health. Tell me again that this is, this is what you guys want to have happen in your public schools and in our nation as a general rule. So I'm still waiting to hear, you know where, how is this thing going going to play out? I don't know, and I know that Eatonville, last I read Eatonville High School athletic officials were considering putting um, tracking devices on the helmets of football players. R- really? We we got we we got issues in this country right now, and I'm going to keep talking about what's going on here because we have to talk about this nation and why we have got to stand up and defend it tonight. And if you guys are in the Portland Vancouver area tonight at Falada Park, we're going to have we have a wonderful a wonderful lineup of speakers that are coming and educate you about what your rights are, some things that you guys can do. I super appreciate you know everybody waving flags up on you know, the freeway overpasses, and I've done that too, but I think we have to do more than that because this is absolutely out of control. There's another, there's, I was obviously, you know, what's happening with um, Father Fauci is still continuing to amaze me. You know, he has been, of course, the public face of the government's response to the coronavirus pandemic for what? What are we going on, 18 months now? During that time, he says he's been shocked by the criticism that he's occasionally been wrong. The hubris, I can hardly even take it. This is what he said. He said, I've been the object myself of a phenomenal amount of hostility merely because I'm promoting what are really fundamental simple public health principles. You know, like putting tracking bracelets on kids and quarantining healthy people and locking us down and deciding who's essential and who isn't. This guy is a joke. And I don't think that uh, humility is his strong suit. But anyway, he's got he's been talking about how sad he is because people don't like him as much as they used to. And instead of calming the waters, you know, about what's going on around us, he constantly spreads uncertainty and panic. It happened again on Monday when Fauci claimed that the United States could get the virus under control by the fall of 2022. 2022. In fact, if enough Americans get the vaccine over the next two months, we should be able to get back to normal by early 2022, six months before Fauci originally claimed. So we're paying a huge price tag for Fauci being at the helm of this thing. He's the wrong man for the wrong time in the wrong place. I completely agree with Rick Moran at PJ Media and he has been a unique failure. And it's he's gonna go down. I mean, people are gonna be writing about this for generations to come. What happened to this country and to the world in the face of a virus with a 99.89% survival rate? And like I told you guys before, I've had the Rona, it's not very much fun. But I also have had a terrible flu, wasn't very much fun. I mean, we... I I don't I'm, I'm I'm running out of um adjectives to describe how frustrated I am at the way that the leadership in our nation and around uh, and particularly in my state has handled Covid nineteen. It's shameful and it's wrong. and uh, we we're gonna we're gonna have to make a massive, massive change. All right, I want to I've been getting so many questions about the difference between communism and fascism and Marxism socialism. And yesterday I touched on it a little bit, but today I want to kind of touch on just Marxism because there are so many college students in particular right now who are talking about the benefits of Marxism and why Karl Marx wasn't such a bad guy. And maybe he was just misunderstood, but we need to really understand what Marxism is because people are talking about it. And I think that the, I think sometimes we throw the word around like, what a Marxist idea, you know, the conservatives are doing it but I don't think we necessarily know what Marxism is. And so I just wanted to talk about it for a couple of minutes. Uh, Marxism philosophies are on the rise in the West, uh, both as an economic system, as we can see happening all across the world and a cultural philosophy. Marxism particularly seems to be appealing to younger generations because they're angry. They have been taught for a long time that this income uh, inequity is, uh, something that our nation in particular was geared toward because we 're inherently racist, thank you critical race theory and thank you sixteen nineteen project and so to these young people who believe that they 're coming out of a system of oppression, Marxism seems like a good idea because why because it promises equity it promises fairness to people who have been you know uh, left out or put on the 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 margins of society but it's a lie and that's what people need to understand so marxism is the philosophy of a german economist and a philosopher who of course went by the name of Karl marx and he believed that there were different classes of people so the proletariat which would have been um the, the laborers and uh, the, the bourgeois, you know, these were the, the employers who controlled the means of production. So the proletariat, he called him, would have been the working class people, the laborers, ordinary working class people. And he basically pits them against the social and financial elites. And he believed that these elites oppressed and exploited the workers. So he wanted there to be a new economic system to replace capitalism. So, in his system, wealth was going to be distributed to those of the proletariat, so to the laborers, and ultimately, his philosophy became communism and socialism. And we looked at that a little bit uh, yesterday. But while communism was taking hold in the East, it was really having a hard time being respected in the West, right? And rightfully so. The United States was was embracing capitalism, this idea that if we could give people access and let them make their own choices, give them opportunity that they would be able to succeed. And so in the United States, communism was very unappealing. And actually it was unappealing even to the liberals until recently, even to the Democrats until recently. And Marxists then went ahead and adopt this sort of oppressor and oppressed framework. And this is where we see this happening in the country right now, right? They're trying to divide us. And if you're white, you're an oppressor. And if you're a black or brown, or Asian, then you are part of the oppressed. And it doesn't work unless you do that. And so look around. They're dividing us on our gender, our race. They're dividing us right now, whether or not we're vaccinated or not. This is all part of Marxism. And so these philosophies that we've been talking about on the show, uh, critical race theory, which of course sees people, the whites, as the oppressor, and racial minorities, particularly black people, as those who have been oppressed. They've been gaining a ton of popularity. I've talked ad nauseum about critical race theory here on the show. Remember, this was the uh, this this philosophy that was really born in 1989. So now it's 32 years old. It's a, it's a full on grown up now, and it's decided it wants to move into our high schools and our elementary schools. And we must stand up against this because. These the, these are the ideas that are shaping an entire generation, and so these younger people looking at Marxism and they're going, I don't know, I don't see what what the problem is with that. Of course, we want you know equal outcomes. No one's talking about opportunity; they're just talking about outcomes now, and so and you see a lot of Christians embracing it, right? Because they're like, of course, you know, we're called to help the oppressed, and Marxists want to do that. Marxism appears to want to help the orphan and the widow. And it also seems to believe in equality for all mankind, which comes from, many people would say, from the Bible. You know, the Bible saying the rich are not better than the poor, white people are not better than black people. The problem is, however, according to the Standing for Freedom Center, that Marxists address this, these issues, which are right issues to address, they address them in a wrong way. Marxism gives incredible power to the government. And they have this ridiculous idea that the government is going to remain fair and impartial. Well, do you guys see that right now? Do are you seeing that a government that that takes control remains fair and impartial? No. I mean, right here in Washington State, the Democrats have what's called a supermajority. They're not listening to or even interested in working with the Republicans. They don't need to. And so the Marxists believe that the government is inherently good and that the government's going to distribute wealth and the resources fairly without partiality. And they're doing this in the face of thousands of years of evidence that suggests otherwise. We know that power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. How? Absolutely. That's how it works. Cultural Marxism, and I've talked about this quite a bit on the show too, in this critical race theory it would fall into that. Intersectionality falls into it. And I'm watching churches embrace this because a, a, a Christian's desire, right? Out of Micah 680's he's shown you, a oh, man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, that you love justice and mercy and you walk humbly with the Lord. And a lot of Christians in their desire for justice and equality are embracing cultural Marxism. But guess what? They're getting the opposite thing because Marxism Divides people based on categories that they most often have no control over, and so this makes it uh, the ultimate form of racism, and it and it uh, divides us, and that is what is going to continue to do. So, teachers of Marxism, I agree with the author of this article where he says they are extremely irresponsible in failing to clearly articulate that the faults of one's race and past are not their own. So these concepts are anti-biblical. They do not reflect the unity that we that we share in Christ. And people need to understand what Marxism is, and why it is so, why it is so hard. And I think so hard for us to come against right now because you're watching the people that are, are riding the streets continuing to ride in the streets uh, in Portland. We are in trouble. We are absolutely in trouble. And so I'm gonna link back to a couple of articles here that are excellent. One of them at summit.org. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Summit Ministries. They have a fantastic article called What's So Bad About Marxism? And uh, these are good things to be talking with your kids about. You know, one of the parents that came up to me last week asked me, you know, um, why I thought it was so important to talk to kids about Marxism, to talk to them about what's happening in the schools and what's happening in the culture. And And the reason is, is because if we don't educate our children about history, if we don't teach them who Karl Marx was, if we don't teach them about the Bolshevik revolution, if we're not teaching our students about real and actual history, they're going to be brainwashed into believing revisionist history. And frankly, that is where we are right now. So if you guys have more questions about this, shoot them to me, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That's where you can leave those requests. I want to give you a couple of off the bench stories because I'm going to have some fantastic guests on the show on uh, Thursday and Friday. Um, immigrants from Russia. You guys are not going to want to miss this. You're going to want to sit down with your kids and listen. But Karen wrote in, Karen, where are you from? Sk- Skokie? How do you even say that? Skokie? Skokie? Karen, I've slaughtered that. Try again and tell me how I can say it better. As she wrote in and said, in terms of getting off the bench this past spring, a Christian single mom I know expressed that she doesn't want to send her daughter to a public kindergarten, but feels she doesn't have any other options. So I gave her one. I offered to homeschool her daughter. I have enough on my plate with my own three still at home, but I thought if I could rescue just one child from the public school, I would do it and do what I could to make that happen. She still hasn't taken me up on it, but I'm praying she will. Karen, I love that. I absolutely love it. So thank you for writing in and telling us. Olivia from Indiana said, I assembled a team of other students who have now started the group not on my Christian campus. We started an Instagram and are committed to speaking to other students, the administration and the community about the facade that the school is putting on about being conservative. Please continue sharing your wisdom and encouragement from a 21-year-old freedom fighter who thanks you. I love that. I love that you guys are getting off the bench. Stephanie from Whiteland said, I pulled my son from public school over nine years ago and dove headfirst into homeschooling. I was newly saved and the Lord opened my eyes to everything I had already known deep down. He gave me the courage and capacity to go for it. Fast forward, to now a couple more kids four in total and we're still going strong as we all know the culture is rapid fire changing and in response to this and to the overwhelming urge i feel to help people confidently pull their kids the lord led me to a podcast discussing a homeschool center in new jersey i prayed swallowed my fear and looked her up Uh, i love that you guys are doing that this is called deeply rooted white land And that is fantastic. She said, that aside, I discovered our local school district was questioning the children on the first day of school last week about whether they'd like to be considered a boy or a girl for the year. (laughs) This is amazing. The youngest child I found so far is only seven. And in response to this, I have begun to speak out vehemently. Parents didn't know. I was silenced on our town Facebook page I'm actively attempting to gather a crowd for the next school board meeting and they've made it impossible to speak about anything not listed on the agenda, but I'm praying we get enough coverage. So it looks to me, uh, I'm just seeing this now, but it looks to me like your meeting already happened. And so Stephanie from Whiteland, can you reach back out? Tell me what happened in your meeting. Uh, I'm continuing to pray for you guys. This is what it's gonna take. We have to go to these meetings. We we absolutely have to be talking. We absolutely cannot give them our silence. Our silence is consent. And so uh, keep writing into me. I'd love to continue to hear from you. I'd love to hear your off the bench stories. Tell me how you're getting off the bench. Tell me how... Uh, God's moving in your lives. And I just wanted to say, continue to say thank you. Thank you to Aaron from Oklahoma. Thank you to Stephanie from Idaho and to Mark and Karen from Michigan for supporting this podcast financially. We need it now as as much as we've ever needed it, particularly as I'm running for Congress and I haven't been out working as much as I would like to. So uh, we would love it if you guys would continue to support this ministry financially. I will link back to how to do that in the show notes today. Before I end today, I wanna just really quickly, well, first, I just wanted to acknowledge the amazing, incredible amount of questions that are continuing to come into the podcast, mostly from people who are frustrated at the mask mandates, frustrated, well, and it's even worse than that now because of the mandates with the vaccine. That is actually criminal. I'm gonna continue to ask you guys to pray. Please pray. Please pray for against the spirit of suicide that I I am seeing now coming all around me. I heard from a first responder the other day who said that the vast majority of calls that the fire department is getting right now are suicide related. I'm telling you guys, this is a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Uh, I'm gonna come back tomorrow with an incredible Guest. And I actually think I might have two guests in my studio for the interview tomorrow. We're going to be talking to these people about what they came from and the parallels they see happening here in the United States. And I'm gonna encourage you guys again, become active citizens, become an engaged electorate. If you want to take the country back, the founding fathers never intended for us to just send people to Washington or to our state houses and then just disengage because we know that power has a corrupting component to it. And that is exactly what's happening in our country. So continue to pray, continue to be um, educating yourselves, educating your children, pull your children out of public school. I'm telling you what, you guys, God is going to help you. He will help you. The grace will be there and so will the provision. Thanks for listening to everybody and I cannot wait to see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.